Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It is episode 55 of Parenting in Real Life. We took a couple weeks off for ourselves. (laughs) We just had stuff going on. We went on our first long trip without kids since we've had kids. Yep. (laughs) No joke. Long time overdue. (laughs) We have a nine-year-old almost. So, sorry. We learned from this trip that you shouldn't wait 10 years to do it. (laughs) Yes. So our goal is to do a trip every year. I know a lot of couples have that goal. That would have been nice. Our life circumstances just didn't allow us to really do that the last 10 years with so many children back to back. But But it also doesn't have to be crazy. Like our plan is to do super simple and local one year and then maybe a little bit further out every other year. So that's the plan. That is the plan. We'll keep you updated and see if it actually happens. <laughs> so our real-life parenting moment is first, happy Halloween. That is not the worst. I like Halloween. Trick-or-treating and stuff, I think, is fun with kids. Yeah, the kids did good. They, Everybody was happy for the most part. Got lots of candy. But what is the worst is daylight savings time. Dun-dun-dun. So this is just our semi-annual gripe. With daylight savings time. <laughs> I think we mentioned that as our parenting real life moment every time every daylight saving time happens. <laughs> I have no desire to be a lobbyist except with daylight savings time. Yes. Our kids have just been so grumpy at bedtime. It's just everyone. You can tell that it's past their bedtime, you know? Even Lucy during her nap, she's yawning like an hour before she usually naps. And I was like, you ready for bed? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I felt it more this time. I don't know if it's because it was so close to Halloween and all that craziness, but whatever it was, I've just felt like, heaven help me, what time is it? (laughs) It burns. Hopefully by the end of the week, we'll all adjust and be back to normal again, but we're still still struggling. (laughs) So, keep your chin up and write your senator. (laughs) Something we're loving? When you pick up your groceries, if you haven't done mm-hmm. this yet, this is like a lifesaver for me, especially with having little kids at home and grocery shopping is the worst. Um, there's lots of different grocery stores that do this now, but I order my groceries online and schedule a time to go pick them up and I go grab them. There is a small fee for the store I use. There's some that are free other places, but I've heard that they mark up the prices when you're purchasing online. So I think it all balances out. But anyway, it's worth the extra five bucks to not have to be in the grocery store with my kids. <laughs> so if you haven't tried it yet, I would suggest trying it because it's awesome. Yeah. Five bucks is a very small price to pay. Um, update on our um, giveaway. We had two people leave reviews. <laughs> so thank you to those two. Yes, we appreciate you. <laughs> So we flipped a coin. We didn't have a coin. So we flipped my phone to find out who won. And the winner is 
Mama of Five M's. Yay. So if you're Mama of Five M's, congratulations, you get a twenty dollars Amazon gift card. You can message Alexis on Instagram. Yeah, either at PIRL Podcast or Alexis Tanner Lane. Um, I'll check both of those. So Mama of Five M's, if you could message me there so I can get your contact information, I will send you that gift card. Bada bing, bada boom. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. So to start our discussion today, we are going to talk about chapter two in the How to Talk to to Little Kids So That They'll Listen by Joanna Faber and Julie King. So just as a refresher, chapter one was about emotions, and now chapter two is about engaging cooperation or getting your kids to do what they have to do. Yes. So oftentimes when we give, when we want our kids to do something, we're we're giving commands, right? We're yes. <laughs> saying, you need to do this now or whatever. And often when you give commands, that kind of stirs up a rebellion. I think if you think of yourself as an adult, when someone tells you that you have to do something, like, doesn't there something kind of inside you that is like, I don't want to do that now, you no. know, because zero percent <laughs> of me does that. Really? Yes. Oh, Alan is an obliger, which if you listen to um, Gretchen Rubin, she has four like personality traits and one of them is an obliger, which is Alan, which means he's a people pleaser. I just want everybody to be happy. <laughs> That's not true. I pick who I want to be happy. But in general, I like to follow rules. I'm an upholder, which means that I like to follow rules like when people give them to me, but also I follow when I put rules on myself. So I do both. Um, so every once in a while when someone tells me to do something, all of a sudden I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, There's this light, slight rebellion in there. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, most kids have some element of rebel, and maybe they don't. And if they don't, then you probably don't need this podcast because you're like a son of a gun and you can <laughs> move on. You have angel children. <laughs> but most of our kids and most of us have a little bit of a rebellion in us. And so when somebody says, you can't, you want to. So in the book, they gave some examples of things that we say that are ordering our kids around. And when she started doing all these examples, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. <laughs> clean up now. The milk wouldn't have spilled if you were more careful. Help me clean up. Don't be lazy. Oh man. I said that yesterday. Um, <laughs> you'll make yourself sick with it. If you eat all that candy, you knocked your sister down. So you could be first. That was so nice. Sarcasm. Why do you pinch your baby brother like that? If you don't put these toys away, by the time I come back, they're going in the garbage. Or lectures. So there's so many ways to be a bad parent. <laughs> That's kind of what she said at the end of the chapter. She like the she um, wrote this book as if she like had a, this test group that she's working with and kind of her experience with this group. And she's they all kind of like so basically we say everything wrong. <laughs> she's like um yeah kind of <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's what we're trying to fix, right? Um, it is challenging though. Sometimes, like, my mom's a good parent, and she talks about natural consequences, and I think that's right. But if she makes the point that even with natural consequences, um, it kind of seems like a dare, right? It's like, oh, are you going to do it? And that's 100% that way with our boys. Because they'll look you straight in the eyes and be like, who's going to win? It's a game of chicken with them, right? Yeah. 
is dad going to blow up and make me do it? Or am I going to get away with this? Or if you say a threat, you know, like, hey, if you're going to do this, I'm taking this away or this is going to happen. They test to see if that's actually going to happen. You know, so you throw out those threats that you don't really want to do. And then then they call you on it. Call your bluff. Kids would be good at poker. (laughs) So how do you get them to cooperate? There are 29 tools, I think. Yeah, there's nine. And as Alan and I are reading these and are talking about it, I'm just like, it is so hard to remember so many tools. Like, I understand that they're trying to be helpful here. But like, okay, I have to think about like, what is my kid doing right now? Okay, I want them to do something. And then I have to dig through the nine tools in my head. Like, that just doesn't happen in the 10 seconds I have to, to like, react to what my kid's doing. So I'm like, I just, sometimes it's hard. Maybe maybe we'll make cute little printouts that you can stick on your mirror or your cabinet or something so you can remember these. That's a good idea. I actually just learned how to make printouts. So maybe I'll work on that. This is going to make you some cute printouts. Um, So tool number one is be playful. Um, So they give some examples like making inanimate objects talk. Like if you need them to clean up, then you can pretend to be the toy box and be like, I'm so hungry. This reminded me of Alan. He did joy school as a kid. Wasn't there like a gunny sack or something? Yes. Here's Mr. Gunny Sack. Yum, yum, yum. There's a song. (laughs) But the gunny sack was hungry, so you had to put all the toys away in it. So there you go. You can be playful. Yes. Uh, Tool number two is offer a choice. And this is something that I learned a long time ago. um, And I do this with my kids a lot. But you can give them a choice between something, but it has to be two things that you're okay with and just related to what you're doing. So say you're getting your kid dressed and they don't want to get dressed. So you can give them two choices of shirts so that they can choose. So pick two that you'd be okay with and say, okay, well, which shirt do you want to wear? Do you want to wear this shirt or this one? And just allowing them to choose just makes it less likely for them to fight back. Less commanding. Um, Number three is to put the child in charge. So you can put your child in charge of the job and let them choose the details. Um, So an example is arguing with your child about whether they need a jacket or not. Um, So what you could do, if that's an ongoing battle for you, is to put a thermometer up outside where they can see it, and then they get to pick. So you say, okay, you're in charge of knowing if you need a jacket, so you need to look at the weather and see if... See if it's jacket weather or see whatever it is. I think Google's and Alexis will even tell you what you need if you say there's something you can do. So you could you could make them um, the champion of their own, whatever it is. In this case, what clothes they need to wear. Um, but it could be a lot of things. Yeah, one of the other examples was like putting your kids in charge of time so they can be like they can watch the timer or um like we have a, I think this is an, a tool later too, but the okay to wake clock, like mm-hmm. it glows green when you set it to the time that you want the kids to, you either wake up or come out of the room, whatever, like it, glo- it glows green when, when they can come out. So just, you know, give them that clock so that they are in charge of that time. You know, that just helps them feel like they're own, owning something a little bit. Yep. Tool number four is to give information. So... The example they gave was, stop banging on the keyboard. You're going to break it. Instead, say, keyboards are delicate. All they need is a light touch. So instead, it's less commanding and more informative. 
This reminds me of Alan's story that he told me about your mission companion with your bread. Remember that? The end of the bread? Oh, yes. He would always do this. My boy Jackson Allen. He would never, ever, ever tell you. He was like, he was very experienced, knew what he was doing, and I was brand new. Um, But he would never say like, hey, you need to do this or that. He would always tell a story about somebody who did it wrong. (laughs) Um, So I must have eaten like the heel of the bread once. And he saw that and he was like, oh, I used to have a companion that would always eat the heel of the bread. And I asked him not to and like would tell me this story about how this other person wouldn't do it. But it was his way of being like, well, by the way, don't eat the heel of the bread. Like he, cause he believed and might be right that the heel kept the moisture of the rest of the bread in. Um, so anyway, it was a pretty good technique because it was, it doesn't like directly confront you, but makes it clear that there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. So just by explaining. Yeah. The, like whatever you believe is true about it. <laughs> yep. So tool number five is say it with one word or a gesture. So gesture. gesture. Do gestures? It's a gesture. Oh, gesture. Gesture is like a game, yeah? Yeah. But or you guess the gesture. That's the same thing, right? Oh, because it's a gesture. You're guessing the gesture. gesture. <laughs> so gesture. I think you can say it either way. We'll yeah. have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> um but this tool allows your kid to be able to tell themselves what to do. So if you see that your kid has eaten an apple and they left the core on the couch, which has happened to us many times before, instead of saying, hey, you need to put that away or go throw that away, you just point to the apple core and just say apple or core, you know, apple core and see if they can tell themselves in their head, oh, I left the apple core out. It should be in the trash. And then they can pick it up and go throw it away. So it's just allowing them to remind themselves what they should be doing. And I've used this with our kids a couple of times, and it usually works pretty well. Yep. This is, I think, they need to know what they need to do first, right? So I think this has to yeah. be a tool you use. has to be a, already a rule that's in your house, right. right? They do say make sure to use nouns and not verbs, because if you say trash or Throw it away or something, you know, like once you throw a verb in there, it feels like a command. So make it a noun. Oh, yeah. They were saying like, like almost like a dog, like sit or stand or yeah, stop. Like now you're treating them like a a pet rather than a child. So they said, don't use those words. Don't do that. Number six is to describe what you see. So you can say, I see a jacket on the floor or I see paint dripping. Um, Again, just like cluing them in to something rather than commanding them, gives them a chance to be responsible for it and make the choice to do it on their own. I think a lot of times kids just don't notice things or they forget right. all the times my kids say, Oh, I forgot, you know, like they just need <coughs> that gentle reminder to do something, even though you have to remind them all the time. Um, or yeah, or they just don't see things. I think this just helps them be more aware. Yeah. Tool number seven is describe how you feel. So I thought this one was kind of interesting. Um, The example that they gave was someone was like ironing their shirts and their kid asked them to do something for them. And so they said, you know, I'll get really frustrated if I don't finish this shirt first, um, but I'll help you as soon as I'm done. So just expressing how they would feel um, was enough for the kid to be like, oh, okay. And then they would wait a few minutes. So I thought that was interesting. I haven't tried that one yet. 
That is interesting. And it's being a good example of like expressing emotions with words, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than showing them. Yeah. And yeah. it's a good way not to be blaming the child for interrupting just by expressing this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Another one of the examples was like when kids are fighting. So you can say, oh, when I see one child hurting another child, I get very upset. Rather than when you're hurting your brother, that makes me so mad. You know, it's just phrasing it in a different way. And they do say, be careful expressing anger, even in this context, just because it can feel like an attack. Mm -hmm. Um, They put it together that you're angry at them, even though you're not saying it explicitly. Mm -hmm. Um, Number eight is write a note. So you can put a note on your door that the kids can't come into seven and then set their timer or their clock to seven. Um, this is, like Alexis said, the okay to wake up timers. There's lots of those out there. So if your kid can't read, you can like either draw a picture or write the note and just explain what it says. Um, I know I teach for VIP Kid, and I've seen like on um, – in the Facebook group that I'm in or whatever, they're like, what do you do when your kids like try to come into your room while you're teaching? And people have said like, Oh, I just put like a note on the door. And my, even though my kids can't read what it says, they just know when the notes on the door, that means mom's still teaching and you can't come in yet. So just, I know just having that paper or something just helps them yeah. know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. One mom like would hang a sign across the stairs and her kid couldn't read, but they knew like, oh, the sign's up. I can't go downstairs yet. Mm-hmm. And the final one is to take action without insult. So if the child refuses to wear a helmet, um, then just do something about it, right? Like rather than get angry, you can just put the bike away and say something like, I'm putting the bike away for now. You're in no mood to have your head squeezed by a helmet and I can't let you ride without one. So just explain it. That's, that's the better way of doing the natural consequences, right? It's not blaming or accusing or threatening. It's showing them that the thing that's happening right then is a natural consequence. The bike's going away because you can't have a helmet on right now, and that's not acceptable. So that's it. That was all nine tools. I hope you remember those. <laughs> there will be a quiz. Can you say two? There's like those things where it's like, can you say two? Then you're struggling. If you can say four, then you're impressive. If you can say nine, then you can take over our podcast. <laughs> you're a rock star parent. Um, this whole thing, though, is I like what she said, that we're just helping them practice making their own choices and being in charge of their own behavior. Because all of this is a lot of work, right? It's a lot to think about. It's a lot of practice. Um But as we do it now, when these kids are young, as they get older, then they'll be able to start um, handling their own emotions and making better decisions because they've had so much time to practice. And I think it's also important to remember that when you don't remember to use a tool and you explode or, you know, get frustrated or whatever, that it's okay. Because as you use these tools and you've used them before and you know that you've been doing good, it's okay to make mistakes, and there's always a chance to try again. So, yep. lots of chances. It's <laughs> a good thing. Good thing. <laughs> we'll get it right with our youngest. <laughs> it's always true, right? Like the first kid or two is they're the guinea pigs, and by the end, you're like, okay, I got this. Sorry, first kids that I messed up. <laughs> yeah. You should see my older siblings. <laughs> Straight up psychos. Just kidding. They're impressive. Here's the quiz. 
Number one, be playful. Make it a game. Number two, offer a choice. Number three, put the child in charge. Number four is give information. Number five, say it with one word or a gesture. Number six, describe what you see. Number seven, describe how you feel. Number eight, write a note or make a sign. Number nine, take action without insult. So again, there's a lot here. We'll try and make something that you can hang up so you can keep remembering these. I've, I listened to this chapter several weeks ago and I remembered the one word one. I like that one, but the rest <laughs> I had forgotten. So, um, so anyway, you can come back and listen to this again, or we'll try and have something up that you can print out and remember these. And there's lots of chapters. So this is just nine of the tools of many chapters. So buckle many up. Tools. <laughs> it's going to keep coming, but it's good because there's lots of ways that you can blow it. We started with that. So we need lots of good ways to do it too. And if you need a refresher, you can go back to episode 54. That's where we talk about chapter one, about kids who are emotional, like have emotional outbursts and stuff like that. So yep. we're, we're getting we're getting through it. Good luck. <laughs> what You're going to need it. What's the Hunger Games <laughs> a meme? May the odds ever be in your favor. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> that feels right. It does. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Alexis, as always, thanks for your great research. And Alan, thanks for your amazing editing skills. You can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And give us a rating. That's how people find out about our podcast. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. <laughs>